everyone. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Schooled Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, thank you so much for tuning in for the first time. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. And make sure you check us out on social media, at Schooled Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and just search Schooled on Facebook. That's S-K-O-O-L-E-D. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today. And that is the idea of failure. More importantly, how we frame the idea and the feelings of failure, because how we frame those ideas and those feelings dictate how we internalize them and how we process them. And that dictates our behavior and our actions and whether we make good decisions or not so good decisions. This is something I have been dealing with in my life recently. And if I'm honest with myself, I've been dealing with feelings of inadequacy and failure my entire life. More recently, I have been more intentional about equipping myself with the tools that I need to make sure that I am not framing failure in a way that is detrimental to my mental health and well-being. But that is an everyday battle for me. And if you're like me, any little thing might trigger those feelings of failure. Now, I have shared this on this podcast previously, so it's not really a secret, But recently, I was diagnosed with a connective tissue disorder. It's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's considered a rare disease, but some doctors believe that it's just rarely diagnosed. In any event, because of that, it took me a very long time to get diagnosed, over five years. And if I'm being honest again, there are probably some other reasons it took me a while to get diagnosed. And I won't go into that here, but I will say... For my part, it was not for lack of effort. I spent many years, a lot of time, a lot of money seeking answers from doctors who just didn't have any. And it was only recently when I moved to a new city for my current job that I was really surrounded by some of the best doctors in the country and in the world. And To my great fortune, I was diagnosed with this, what had previously been an elusive sort of disease or disorder. And that gave me some peace of mind because now I knew what I was seeking treatment for. And now I could seek doctors who had experience in treating somebody with my disorder. I'm not going to go into the details of the disease or the disorder because that's not really the point. The point is that for many years, it has greatly disrupted my life. And it has also disrupted the way I'm able to perform at work. And sometimes I'm just not able to hit the mark at work because of this disease and this disorder. It causes certain functions of your body to just not work properly, certain autonomic functions, certain organ systems. It could also cause you to be more susceptible to breaking, you know, limbs or having joint issues. Um, So the point of all of that is just to say that it is a challenge, like many people who have a chronic pain or chronic illness or a disease, especially one like mine, which does not have a cure. So this week I had an experience where once again, this disease reared its ugly head and really prevented me from hitting the mark at work. And my superior really came down on me for that. And I felt pretty dejected, honestly, and a little bit depressed afterwards, partially because I knew I really did try my best under the circumstances. The other part was because I haven't been comfortable really sharing the extent of my illness with my 
my boss, honestly. I didn't want to be treated differently and I didn't want to make it seem like I was seeking special treatment because of this. Ultimately, I walked away from that conversation with my superior this week feeling like a failure. And what I've come to learn recently since then is I am still stuck in these habits of framing failure that is not conducive to a healthy state of mind. So somebody very wise recently told me, instead of framing that experience and others as a failure, why not frame it as a setback, right? And so it makes perfect sense because if it's a setback, then I know that I can do better next time, right? I can aim higher next time. If it's a failure, then I internalize this idea of inadequacy and then I start to behave and think in ways that reinforce that idea and I don't perform well the next time. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is how do we take an experience of failure and turn it into something that fuels us, right? Maybe it fuels us to try harder next time. Maybe it fuels us to implement more self-care into our lives. And especially for folks in my generation, millennials, young adults, before my generation, maybe after my generation, we, a lot of us largely, have been taught to believe that if we don't perform to a certain level, then we are inadequate and we are failures. If we don't if we don't experience a certain level of achievement or success by a certain age, then we are inadequate and we are failures. And it's it feeds into something called the achievement gap, which is very well known in the psychology community. And we don't want to get caught in the achievement gap because what that does is it enforces this idea that in order to feel worthwhile and happy, you have to perform in an outstanding manner, right? And that's a terrible thing to feel and think because when you make a mistake, which inevitably will happen because that's life and we're human, you will feel like less of a person. You will feel like less of the person you think you should be. You will feel less than and you will have a difficult time processing those feelings of failure. So today what I wanted to do is look back at some episodes that we've done here on this podcast and hear from some experts we've had on this podcast who have been talking to us about different issues, including failure and how we process failure. And so the first person you're going to hear from is a woman named Victoria Albina. She was on episode five and Victoria is a holistic medicine provider and a life coach. And you're going to hear Victoria talk about how we deal with failure and in very scientific terms. But then she's also going to offer her suggestions of how we can frame failure in such a way that is more conducive to a healthier state of mind and lifestyle. For example, taking tiny steps to move yourself towards success and tuning into your body. So take a listen to what Victoria has to say. Yeah, so I think about the Habenula 
one of my favorite parts of the brain. It's the failure center of the brain. And oh, so, yeah. Mine's on overdrive. Right? <laughs> um, so I'm going to get wicked nerdy here. I hope that's okay. Totally fine. Fabulous. It's what I excel at. Um, <laughs> nerdetry. So in short, evolutionarily, this part of our brain is wired to record failure and hold on to that recording real tight. So you live in a cave. It's a couple thousand years ago. You go down to the watering hole to gather some berries. There's no berries, but there's lions so you run back to your cave mm -hmm. and you have to remember do not go to there there is death and there is doom and there is either the watering hole with the lions and the lack of resources or it's the gym or meditation or yoga or journaling if you push yourself too hard and too fast so I'm a big fan of taking massive action of setting goals and challenging yourself every day to move towards them. But I advise that we take tiny, tiny steps. Mm. I like to jokingly say that a baby's foot, like a baby step is way too big for the average human. And <laughs> so we should take kitten steps, right. like little teeny tiny kitten steps to move you towards success. So I don't think anyone who has never meditated should try to meditate for 20 minutes. Right. Like it's a recipe, right, for mm -hmm. your habenula to freak out. Mm -hmm. How about you meditate for 10 breaths? Call that a success, right? Mark it on your calendar, right? Succeeded at meditating. And then tomorrow, go for 11 breaths, but maybe pause there for a while, right? But set a goal, mark your calendar. Six months from now, meditating for 10 minutes a day. Mm. Right? Yeah. We know that meditation relieves stress physiologically, right? There's plenty of science to support the benefit of things like meditation right now. And I also want to pause and invite people as they're thinking about how things like meditation can fit into their lives and self-care and mental hygiene that you brought up. There's no one right way to meditate. Like right. you don't have to be like a monk on a hill, like right. dressed in robes <laughs> and feeling the right to wear winds in your hair. Yeah. Right. And that's, we got to be who we are. Right. right. And for me, that means that every time I feel that stress come up in my body, Dr. Aaron, you talked about listening and checking in with our bodies, feeling energy. When we feel energy moving through our bodies that feels like stress, take a deep breath mm -hmm. and know that you've meditated. And if sitting down doesn't work for you, right, if that's not in line with your accessibility right now, lie down. There's plenty of reclining Buddhas, like that's a thing, right. or go for a walk. But instead of putting on your headphones, I mean, listen to this podcast, of course, but like putting on your headphones and like tuning out, tune into your body. So true, actually, and Tara Brock talks about that yeah. in her book, um, and it has really been a game changer for me because I have like massive anxiety, and I've had it for a long time, and it can be so debilitating mm. sometimes um, because my whole body just shuts right. down. Like physically just mm -hmm. can't operate. Um, and so naming your feelings mm -hmm. has been life changing for me. Like taking that pause and naming your feelings exactly like what's going on in your mind at the time and then finding where it's manifesting mm -hmm. in your body. I mean, oh, my gosh. Like for me, that is self-care absolutely that is self-care in it's like truest form because you're actually like you said in tune getting in tune with your mind and your body at the same time and i can in those moments i can feel my anxiety level decreasing my cortisol levels decreasing yeah. and i can feel myself coming back to myself 
tuning into my body has been so helpful for me. And I'm so glad Victoria was able to speak to that. So next, you're going to hear from two other experts who are also on episode five, Dr. Erin Stair. She's a physician, a health consultant, as well as an author, as well as Dr. Shireen Fernandez, who is a researcher, a physician, an entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. Dr. Stair is going to talk about the School of Positive Psychology and specifically this idea that for every three negative thoughts, there's one positive thought. So she's going to talk about how changing your thoughts can change your life. And Dr. Shireen Fernandez is going to talk about how thoughts are energy and how being in tune with that energy can also help you frame your thoughts in a more positive manner. All of this, of course, for our purposes with the purpose of reframing the idea of failure so that it is more conducive to a healthier state of mind. Take a listen. You know, there's this whole school of positive psychology at UPenn, and there was this ratio that um, for every for three negative thoughts, it's three to one. Three negative thoughts to one positive thought. That's Mm. the impact, and that struck me. So, going back to this is just something anybody can do. Going back to the notebook and the pen is when you're having a negative thought, write it down, Mm. and then write three positive thoughts next to it. And one of those thoughts can be funny. Um, I like to use a lot of humor. Humor is a part of positive psychology. So don't forget to add that into your life and. So, you know, just so you have three positive, you know, to take that one negative and turn it into three positives. And writing is powerful, right? They say yeah. don't put anything in writing that you don't want to. We've all <laughs> learned the hard way that way. Right. This is a good thing. This is a good thing to do when you're, you know, for writing. Yeah. So, yeah, that would just be awesome advice. Yeah. Awesome advice. Sure. I just want to quickly add to what my colleague said that based on what we're talking about thoughts, I just want to, it's a whole different topic. So maybe in, that'll be another yeah. uh, lecture. But thoughts are energy. Oh, wow. Yes. Think about it. So, what you think and what you believe in and what you act, uh, you will manifest. So, don't think your thoughts are just some thoughts in your head. You will manifest it. So, it's very, very important to keep it positive. Yeah. What um, is in your, what your mental state is will reflect in your environment. Absolutely. Such great advice there. So the last expert you're going to hear from is Nando Rodriguez. He's a transformative coach. He was actually one of our very first guests on this podcast. He was on episode one and 40. You're going to hear him from episode 40 today. And right before he starts speaking, Nando is asked, if it doesn't seem like you're moving forward and you don't feel like you're moving in the right direction, you start to ask yourself, why are you doing the things you're doing? Especially if you're not seeing the results, even if you're being told that this is how you're supposed to be doing things. What should you do? And one of the things that might be happening is you're going it alone and not asking for help. And I highlight how this can lead to feelings of failure. So Nando talks about planning for the breakdown, right? Planning for that moment where you just can't take it anymore and leaving space in your day and rooming your life to do that because it allows you to check in with yourself, check in and figure out what it is you're feeling at that moment. Again, that idea of tuning into your body, right? He also talks about allowing others to contribute to your success or well-being and creating a network of people who have your best interests in mind and are cheering you on along the way. Listen to what Nando has to say. If you are going from A to B, and you've created the plan or somebody has, you know, uh, guided you to go from A to B and you're doing it. And somewhere along the way, you, you, you get lost, right? And you use the term lost at sea. And, and really what that points to is like you've lost your compass. Like, wait, is this really what I wanted to do? Is this really what it's going to look like? Am I really going to get there? 
<clears throat> and so my point number three is because in all of that, all I heard was like the person actually going through the action, going through the motion, going through the thoughts, going through the feelings. My tip number three is allow others to contribute. Hmm. Allow others to contribute to your success. You cannot do it alone. Hmm. And what that looks like, what that looks like is declaring breakdown. I was going from A to B, and somehow I'm at F. Holy crap. Right? Mm. So that's either declaring a breakdown to your mentor, to another staff member, to your to your significant other. Decla- just being in communication and declaring, I got lost somewhere. Like I'm in the middle of the sea. I have no idea where I'm going. Because, again, it's all about not planning for the breakdown. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes back to point number one. The more I fill my day with, you know, A, B and C, you know, 24 hours worth of tasks, where in there are you planning for breakdown? Right. right? I had someone call me up uh, last week who was in complete breakdown mode. They were supposed to go across town for a meeting and and drop off their dog first, drop off their dog to go for grooming, then go attend the meeting then leave that meeting, come back, pick up the dog, and then go to their next meeting. And I was like, it sounds like you're kind of cutting it too close. Oh, no, 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 it's going to work out perfect. And so guess what happened? He left the meeting, went to go get the dog. Dog was not ready. They were like, oh, the dog will be ready in about 45 more minutes. Mm. Guess when his meeting was? Yeah. It was in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just like, I should have listened to you. I should have, and I was like, okay, I get it, great but the breakdown is happening now. So what can you create, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as like a coach, that is definitely a person who will contribute to your greatness, but not everybody can, you know, work with a coach. So that's where your friends come in. That's where, you know, a mentor or what have you, but all of this could have been uh, avoided had the person really planned their day for breakdown. Now, there's this whole thing like, well, if I plan for a breakdown, will I actually make it happen, right? Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. And no, so what actually what you're doing is like you're, you're just planning your day accordingly, properly, you know? And you're actually, you know, giving, because breakdowns are going to occur, right? He had no idea. He'd been going to this grooming shop for five years. He had no idea. This is the first time he went and the dog wasn't ready. So it's it's allowing yourself all these breaks and also getting back to the point number three, allowing others to contribute. At that point, maybe he could have called someone and said, hey, my puppy's not going to be ready. Could you come and pick her up and then bring her to me? You know what I'm saying? So like starting to create all these networks where you actually have people contributing to you and also in flip, you contributing to other people's networks too. So all of a sudden what's happening is that you have a community mm. of people that are cheering for your success, that are actually mm. helping you get from point A to point B. Because in the first scenario, it was just you. You're, ju- you're responsible by yourself to get from A to B. Says who? That's part of the struggle. But if we add freedom and ease, I have a whole community that I'm riding on their shoulders on my way from A to B. Does that that land? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's something that I think resonates with me. I have always been that way, thinking I have to do it and I have to do it on my own. 
and I have done it on my own and it has led to early burnout um, where you just go, go, go and just crash. And I feel like that's very characteristic of my generation, whereas like my sister's generation, so younger than me, you know, totally fine, still living at home. And listen, there's no shame living at home. I had, I know people my age living at home, whatever. But it's just like, she does, she wants people, she invites the help, right? She invites the community of support and people. Whereas me, I'm like, nope, I got this. I'm going to do it on my own. And I keep on going until I just can't anymore. Yeah. And you, and, and what's the impact of that? You lose, you forget why you're doing it, why you're doing whatever right. you're doing in the first place. The joy yeah. factor, the happiness factor, whatever fulfillment it brings you depletes, if not, you know, entirely diminishes. Isolated. You feel isolated and you feel like a failure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you even take a step back as to like how you and I connected for this particular podcast, what did I do? I put on Facebook, guys, I need your help. My goal for this month was to be on X amount of podcasts, and I'm too shy. Does anyone know? That would not have been me two years ago because Mm. I was totally driving the struggle bus. Mm. (laughs) I have to find it. I have to be the one in contact, da-da-da-da-da. Not anymore. Not anymore. Seriously, my whole social media strategy has completely shifted because – I'm always either helping contribute into someone's success or I'm asking for others to contribute to mine. And that's exactly what you, 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 you know, you took action. You were like, I can help you. Like, I can bring you back on to my podcast. And I was like, yay, <laughs> right? Because it's all about how do I get from A to B with as much help as possible. I always love hearing from Nando. He has such great advice. And really the message there is just make room in your life for those moments where you just fall down, right? And then also make sure you ask for help because nobody is in this alone. We're all in this together, actually. And I love how Nando gives you the sort of structure to do that in your life. And I really hope that this episode has been as helpful for you as it has been for me. Sometimes we do need to revisit these ideas so that we can really equip ourselves with the tools that we need to go through our daily lives and overcome whatever obstacles we encounter. And the message here is that failure or setbacks, if you don't want to use the word failure, does not equal defeat, right? So let's all be stronger people together. Let's all be better people. Let's all go into life knowing that, you know what, nothing lasts forever. Not even the feeling of failure and not even the idea of failure, not even a setback. Nothing lasts forever. And if we have the tools that we need to overcome whatever obstacles we encounter, then we are going to be okay. And more than that, we're going to be great. So let's all be great together. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you use to listen to your podcasts. And also make sure you follow us on social media at Schooled Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And just search for School again on Facebook. Facebook. That is S-K-O-O-L-E-D. Thank you so much. Till next time.